we often let what happened to us in our past define what our future is going to look like. And we're always looking at the bad stuff when we do that. So choose that you can create a life by design. Get some support, get some help, and live a vibrant life. Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so excited you're here today. Life is full of choices. Each day we make countless decisions that impact our lives in big and small ways. And while some choices are easy and straightforward, others can be more challenging and require a lot of thought. One choice that we have the power to make every day is choosing joy. No matter what happens in our world, we can choose to focus on the positive aspects of our lives. That doesn't mean that we don't feel or acknowledge the bad and the sad and the hard. It simply means we are on the lookout, expecting to see the positive side. Choosing joy through positive thinking also boosts resilience by enabling us to bounce back from adversity faster. When faced with challenges or setbacks, those who focus on positives are better able to find solutions and move forward. This ability to adapt to change helps us build resilience over time, making it easier for us to handle future obstacles. And as today's guest explains, pausing to choose appreciation can help your relationships thrive by improving communication and fostering empathy. Today, I'm talking with Donna Tashjan. Donna is the founder of Vibrant Living International, where she helps bring accelerated transformation to people across the world. Donna has been speaking and coaching for over 25 years and has developed powerful programs to help women rise above a painful past so that they can live the life of their dreams. She produces a podcast that's called You Were Designed for Greatness and has written four books. Without further ado, I give you Donna. Welcome to the show, Donna. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Kim. It is a pleasure to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about what it means to live life by design? I came up with that name because so many times in my own personal life and and people I have talked to all around the world, it feels like we think life is like this circumstance and that circumstance and life is happening to me instead of me knowing that I could actually be an architect of the life that I love. And to create it the way that I want to, instead of just letting it happen to me and figuring out how to cope. So a life by design is possible that you could live the life of your dreams when you know the right tools and how to do that. And I understand that you have six different tools that you teach people. Um, well, some of one of my workshops, I go into the six extraordinary gifts that we possess, but are probably not aware. But my life by design program takes those gifts and does a deeper dive as well as 
10 Laws of the Spirit. You've heard of the Law of Attraction. And so that's one example, but there are a lot others that we're not told about. And so learning what those are, how they work, it, it can make the big difference. It's using, I mean, have you ever used a tool and you're not sure how it works? Oh, yeah. And, and, and you end up kind of hurting yourself or something doesn't go right. You know, I've, I, I'm never using that again. And we just don't because we don't know what we're doing. And when we don't know about these gifts, life feels like that can actually be harder than it needs to. It's using a hammer backwards or something. You know, you get the picture. So we all know people who are like, I hate my life. I hate living here. Everything, everything about where I live, everything about my job is horrible. What are some of the gifts that we might want those people to be aware of that could help turn their lives around? How, how blunt do you want me to be? <laughs> Go for it. Well, get a better attitude is the first, you know, is first of all, let's have some hope. But it is hard when so, it feels like life's hitting me upside the head. Um, and so, I mean, and I'm not minimizing it because it can be some really serious grief, loss, all kinds of things that can be that have happened that are make make it difficult. But let's just take imagination. That's one of the gifts. And we don't often think about it as a gift. But remember when we were children and we could be anything? And let's admit, why don't we pretend this? And let's pretend that. And you can be this. And, you know, and it felt like you were, you could be anywhere and anything. And we are creative like that. But when we get older, if we're really honest, we use our imagination to scare the bejeebas out of ourselves. <laughs> our imagination is about fear. It's about, I mean, if you've ever had a kid not come home on time. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you imagine the worst case scenario and then some. And we we do that to ourselves all the time. It's part of our brain's process to try to keep us safe. But how do we learn how to keep ourselves safe and use the imagination the way it was designed to actually be creative and create a life we love um, is part of the things that I go into in that free workshop as well as in my program. So how I love I love the topic of imagination for one. How do we start to train ourselves to use our imagination to think about possibilities instead of things? Well, because I think imagination, I, I have a friend who likes to talk about imagination and how mm -hmm. imagination is a big piece of problem solving. Instead of thinking gloom and doom, if we have not been encouraged to develop our imagination then we are as open to the possibilities for how we solve problems. Imagination yeah. and intuition are, are one of the two gifts, and they work really well in harmony together with problem solving. But one of the big questions is, is what would you love? Just really be real. What would you love? What is it that's not in your life that you would love? Do you love your job or do you just go to your job? Do you love where you're living? Do you, what do you, what do you, what would you love in your life? And spend time thinking about it. We don't do that. We spend time surviving. 
And that's you, the difference. Do you feel like, I love this question. Um, do you feel like people who are from disadvantaged backgrounds who haven't been exposed maybe to people doing the things like you, you can't dream of being a doctor or a lawyer or an entrepreneur or whatever if it's outside the realm of your imagination, your possibilities, what you think is possible for you. I'm just wondering, like, can we teach people to have to use their imagination for to get themselves out of disadvantaged situations? A short answer is yes, but I'll give you a longer answer. And first of all, there are I can't think of them all, but there are thousands of people from disadvantaged backgrounds of all kinds who have achieved amazing things. So we know it's possible. It is what you continue to think about. And they usually were thinking different than the disadvantage, whatever that is, poverty, um, area, place they live in, whatever. All the I won't get into all the different possibilities of disadvantage. But yes, you, we're not limited by where we grew up or the family we were raised in. It is what you're going to choose to believe and think about and feed your mind on. So the answer is yes, it is possible. And people have proven it over and over and over again. You had talked about um, solving problems and things with the imagination. And another way is what would you love? And, And then this may sound unusual, but Write down the stuff that you're afraid of. So with this economy, I've heard I might lose my job. Okay, we'll use that one, for example. Well, what if you didn't? And and all of a sudden, my mind is now creating, well, what would happen if I didn't? Mm-hmm. And you begin to use your imagination for positive instead of preparing for bad. That hasn't happened yet. Or may never happen. It's so we imagine and we feel them and we experience them, but they don't always really happen. And so begin to use, what would I love? Is one of my favorite questions. What would you love? And what if it did work out? Instead of what if it didn't? Take whatever you're afraid of and spin it. What if it worked? Mm -hmm. What if it turned out well? What if you did lose your job and you got even a better one? What if it worked it out? And it just makes your mind and you begin to attract, if we're going to talk about that way, or you begin to see things you would not have saw before because you weren't looking. Give me an example of like another gift. Well, intuition is a great one. Let's use that one because I mentioned that one already. And perhaps I don't know how old you are, but were you alive and around before the internet came around? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you remember the computers that only had whatever we downloaded on them. Mm-hmm. The floppy drive, yeah. the disk, and all the things. There was no internet. So if you wanted a program, you took it from one thing, you put it in your computer, mm-hmm. and it worked on the computer. There was no online thing. And so that is what our brain is like without using our intuition. Whatever's been downloaded, whatever program has been put on there, Whatever belief system that your mom and dad did and you don't rise, you know, you don't get too big for your britches. You stay, you know, you remember where you came from and all those phrases. That is our 
our, our life without using intuition or imagination. Now you take that same computer and you plug it into the internet and you can ask Google anything. We had to go to the library. I always like to tell my kids about what, what life was like before you had cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> had the one wired phone hanging on the wall yeah. and trying to connect with friends on the weekend. We had it rough. They don't get it. <laughs> and so now my computer is heck is connected to the internet. And I and that's what when we tap into our intuition, ask the right question. Not the fear-based question and watch and see what happens. So if I did lose my job, what would I like to do instead? It, what, what would I really love? How could that happen? What would be possible if I did do that or was that? Mm-hmm. And I begin to ask questions and sit and quiet and listen and see what you hear, see what you feel, see what you pick up. That's connecting to the internet. And when we do that, I mean, can you imagine if I explain the other 10 laws and the other gifts? There is so much potential to live a life on, in partnership, working with these things instead of fighting them. And life becomes hard. Now, how do we begin to tap into our spiritual intelligence? Coming from the mindset that I'm a spirit living in a body, okay, having a human experience. So understanding when I come, when I take it that way, my, my body doesn't lead me and neither does my emotions. It's beginning to listen to that part of us that is most easily described as intuition. And so learning to develop our spiritual intelligence is going past the things that we see with our normal eyes. It's bigger than our five senses because we all know, we know things. Have you ever been in a room, your back is turned, and you know someone's looking at you? Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Right? Right. So are things that you can't explain that way. It's, it's looking past what I can see with my five senses, with my touch, my taste, my smell, and my eyes and ears. And so learning to be able to expand that. And you know I can't do that in the short period of time we're here. <laughs> right, right. Now, explain to me, you also have a course that you offer on joy. Mm-hmm. Explain to me what joy has to do with dealing with anxiety and depression. Well, the name of the course is Choose Joy. Okay. My belief is that we get to choose our life. And I can stay with depressive thoughts or not. And everyone, one of the one of my mentors said, everybody is 15 minutes away from depression. All you gotta do is let your mind go there. Because there's something that could freak us out, not going right in our lives. Every one of us. And so it's it's learning how to create an atmosphere where choosing positive thoughts is more normal, I do that in quotes, than it is to choose the negative thoughts. And so this this program takes us through the steps, how to train our brain to choose joy and how to focus on what's going well and not what could go wrong. 
because most of depression is on what could go wrong. It doesn't mean that there's things not going wrong in our life. At any point in our life, there are some things you love, some things you don't love. If a person builds their own house, there are some things they love and something they dislike. So there's always things in our life that's not perfect or the way that we would want it to be. It's just learning to how to where I choose to focus. And I'll give this little nugget. Wherever you focus on, you multiply. Whatever you focus on, you magnify. And I tell this story. And my husband knows I tell this story. Um, we've now been married 38 years. And when I, if, if any of you have followed me, you know my history. And I had trauma in my childhood and teenage years. So when I got married, I was an insecure bride. <laughs> And, um, and one thing that my husband, he's better, but he still has trouble is hitting his, the laundry basket with his socks. They fall beside it. They can be somewhere else. And I don't like dirty men's socks. I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) I just don't care for them. And so I remember looking at those socks, not in the laundry habit. And I'm thinking as an, as an insecure, I'm right. He doesn't even love me. If he loved me, he wouldn't treat me like a maid, that I would have to pick up these socks. He, What's the matter with him? And I go all day long thinking these kind of thoughts. Now, what kind of evening do you think we have? He hits the door and I'm mad and I'm not saying anything because I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Slamming cupboards, but I'm fine. Or I could have looked at those socks and say, he missed again. What are all the things I love about him? What are all the ways that he actually does show me he loves me? What are the things I admire about him? And when he comes home that day, do you think we have a different evening? The socks still didn't make it in the hamper. My focus changed. That changed my whole environment. And so often we want things to change in our in our, you know, I want him to put his socks in there. If he did that, everything would be fine. But that wasn't the issue. The issue is, is where I'm putting my focus. And the more I focus on what's not going well, what's didn't happen the way it should have, how somebody mistreated me, the more likely I am to stay in depression and anxiety. Are you looking to build a business and live life on your own terms? Look no further than the Digital Dreamer podcast. Join my daughter, Abby, and I as we discuss side hustles, building your brand, digital strategies for connecting with your audience, and selling digital products, and so much more. Get the link in the show notes or search the Digital Dreamer podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to take control of your future. Now, how does somebody with a background where, I don't know, let's just say that they legitimately are being abused by their husband, mm-hmm. how do they differentiate between the little things and the big things? Because I know I love that tactic that you just talked about, but I'm like, I worry that somebody hears that and they go, oh, well, I can just wish my husband into not abusing me. How do you how do you use mm-hmm. that so that somebody isn't 
excusing inappropriate behavior. Because I think it's wonderful for the example that you gave, but I also don't want people to think that, oh yeah, well, I can just wish wish people and hope people will behave treat me better. Well, that I get that. That's not what I was doing. Right. And that example right, yeah. was wishing. I get that. I work with women all the time or who are in trauma in um narcissistic is the the latest real big diagnosis of a lot of people's relationships of outright abuse on a daily level. Um, and that's not the same thing. The what I would recommend in that case is focusing on who you want to be. And is your spouse helping you be that person? Because if we were to take the analogy that I just used about the socks, well, what are all the things that I that he does to show me he loved me? That's probably a really short list, if there is. Because an, an abusive relationship is all about the way they want you to show them they love you. You love them. Not the other way around. It's not reciprocated. So my example in my marriage was not anywhere near using that as an M, not the same. Right, right. No, I was just thinking about, I just didn't want somebody to like make the other leap. Do not make that leap at all. Um, Get help. You know in your gut when it's that you don't deserve it if you're in an abusive relationship. You know it. Um, And you just don't know how to get out of it. Call me. I will help. How do we develop self-compassion when we're dealing with anxiety and stress and just all these things going wrong in our lives? My my previous answer has a lot to do with it. Whatever you're focusing on, you're magnifying. And forgiveness. If you screwed up, forgive yourself. And I can do a whole podcast, probably more than one on what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Um, but learning the difference of just simply saying, I forgive myself is powerful because continuing, if you continue, here's another one of my sayings, whatever you judge, you retain. So if you continue to judge, let's say you want to lose weight. That's an easy one for most of us ladies. Mm -hmm. You want to lose weight. You continue to judge yourself because you're eating the ice cream. You will never stop eating the ice cream. Whatever you judge, you repeat. Mm -hmm. Whatever you judge, you retain. Beating yourself up, self-hatred, self-judgment, that criticalness will never cause positive behavior change for long term. You may go on a diet for a little while, but you will be right back. i just using ice cream because it's one of my favorites. Um, (laughs) You will be back with the ice cream before long. Because judgment doesn't work. So stop judging yourself and forgive yourself and get curious of why I'm eating the ice cream instead. Why am I eating to feel like I need to eat the entire bowl of higher thing of ice cream and beginning to get curious? So you're asking some really good questions that don't give really quick answers. <laughs> right, right. Okay, what's, I, again, I know this is a longer answer, but what about for people who are perfectionists? How do they stop letting perfectionism hold them back? A long time for most of us since we were in school. But, you know, I didn't get an A and I am beating myself up because it wasn't perfect. So 
I I do. I'll, I mean, I say things that I tend to be a little bit straightforward with stuff. So is it the end of the world? Did somebody die? You know, and 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 let's look at this in true perspective. And most of us who've lived a few decades understand perspective because what we thought was an end of the world in our 20s is no longer an end of the world for most of us today. And so we do understand perspective. But I often, I, I met with a client this week and they were in overwhelm. I'm totally overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, where's the overwhelm coming from? And they're like, well, I'm not doing everything that I think I should be doing. And I'm like, well, who's telling you should do it? I am. Okay, so who's causing the pressure? I am. I'm like, do you realize you're the creator of your own overwhelm? And she's her jaw drops and she's like, I'm like, so what happens if you put, she got sick and didn't get some projects done is what happened. Like, so what happens? I mean, if you let those wait a week, is it, is any tragedy going to happen? No. So be nice to yourself. And it's not that you're not going to get it done, but sometimes we, things happen. Mm -hmm. And if you, if we could realize that, that we are the creator most of the time of our own stress setting because remember it's what's coming on the inside it's learning to live from the inside out not the outside in where we let circumstances determine whether i'm having a good day or not this is another one of my pet me peeves and i live in michigan where there's not a lot of sun in the winter <laughs> but people let whether there is sun in the sky have whether i'm going to have a good day or not and yes, there is chemical reactions when we get sunshine, and I am not minimizing that, but I can still choose to have a good day. It is in my control. This, I am not minimizing this, and I have learned to do this with my own coaches. We weren't meant to learn how to do this alone. You don't just read a book and go, hey, presto, I've got this down. It is walking this out with someone who cares about you, who believes in you, who sees the best in you, and helps you see it too. And then I think this is kind of related to what you're talking about now, but how does gratitude play into having the life of our dreams or a joyful life? It's, it's a huge part. Again, it's where you put your focus. If I'm focusing on what I'm thankful for... I see things differently the same way I did when I shifted my perspective about my husband. I began to be thankful for all the things, the ways that he showed me he loved me every day instead of amplifying a silly little thing. And so gratitude is huge in shifting my focus for what's wrong to what's right. Um, and there's three kinds of gratitude. I've done blogs and mine and my podcast on it is, is one is I'm grateful. You gave me a present. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to be so happy when I get to go on vacation. I'll be thankful when I get that new job. And then there's gratitude in the circumstances, knowing that it's going to work out looking for the things you're thankful for while you're in some adversity 
And anyone who's checked out my life story knows I have plenty of those opportunities. Now, do you have a certain way that you recommend people start their day, wake up in the morning, so that they're in this mindset where they are looking for focusing on the right things and they are looking for joy and they are looking for things to be grateful for? Yes, I recommend a gratitude journal. It's one of the gifts. I may yet create one, but it's one of the gifts that I purchase of all of other people's right now. Um, what are you thankful for when you go to bed at night till you're falling asleep with gratitude? Yes, make a list of all the stuff you need to go. You need to do the next day. Let it go and focus on the things and fall asleep with gratitude. You will sleep different. And then wake up in the morning. Thank you for a brand new never before lived day. Thank you that I'm breathing. I'm not even causing myself to breathe. But thank you for this breath. Thank you for my bed. And I just keep going. And start your day with the stuff you're thankful for. If you don't like it that your alarm goes off, be thankful you got a phone that's giving you an alarm. Do you see what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. just like whatever it is, there's always something to be thankful for. Oh, so when the neighbor's dogs wake me up, I could be thankful that I live in a house with a yard. There you go. There you go. Okay. I have one one question for you, but before I get to that one, how can people find you? You can find all of my resources, podcasts, free ebooks, programs, etc., and a schedule a complimentary call with me on my website. And it is the letter I vibrantliving.com. Sounds great. And what final thought would you like to leave people with? Don't let your past define you. Whatever that is, one of my favorite affirmations I've used is my past will not define me. My past does not determine my future without my permission. So I'm not going to give it permission. And your past could be the last five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time ago, but when we we often let what happened to us in our past define what our future is going to look like. And we're always looking at the bad stuff when we do that. So choose that you can create a life by design. Get some support, get some help, and live a vibrant life. I love that. And I actually really love, I've never heard buddy, anybody put it this way, but that your past that does not define you could be five minutes ago. Yes. That has the potential, I think, to be super powerful for mental health purposes, yes. for suicide rates. Because I, I know that, a, especially in some of these teenagers, you know, our school district has had a lot of suicides in the last year, classmates of my, my children. Mm-hmm. And I think about how these children will have no history. And a lot of times it's just like the snap decision. They get upset about something and it's the end of the world. So I love if you could just teach people to think yes, that your past could be five minutes ago and that does not define you. Absolutely. That feels like a starting point to me. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Always have fun. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. 
dream big, and get out there and explore.